Oh, All yeah. Right. Well, Daddy Yankee kicking us off. In celebration of Daddy De Niro. <laughs> Welcoming his seventh child at the age of 79. This is, uh... Entertainment, entertainment. Entertainment, entertainment. This is... We got this song is so good. Yeah, yeah I can't. Yeah. I'm, I'm distracted. Yeah, this I haven't is heard great. this in so long. It's a great one. It's a great one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as we said, Daddy De Niro welcoming his seventh child at 79 years old. This is Entertainment, Entertainment. I think I just said this. I'm very That's tired. Okay. Yeah. Uh, entertaining... Podcast and an entertaining conversation. Uh, I'm Justin Angermeyer. I'm Kayla McKee. <laughs> We're comedians. Sure. Uh, yeah. And, uh, and yeah. So so this is this was our first. Uh, we're gonna do a little like pop culture roundup here up top. You know, hit a, hit a few topics real quick. Mm-hmm. First one was uh, Robert De Niro having his seventh child at 79. Broke. He, yeah, at 79. Yeah. No, that's it. Congratulations. You can still do it. I with, mean, I guess that's what it says. Yeah, I can still do you this. You can still do it. Yeah. And with his girlfriend, Tiffany Chen, who's 45, we looked up before the podcast. Very respected martial arts instructor in Hollywood. Very respected. The respected Tiffany yeah. Chen. All the articles uh, yeah. just kept talking about how much she's such a very respected martial arts instructor. And yeah. they, they met on the set in 2015 on the set of The the Intern. The, his best movie, obviously. Yeah. De Niro's the, best film. Uh, the electric movie, The Intern. I think that was with... Um... Anne Hathaway. Wow. Oh, yeah. Oh, that movie. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I was confusing it with the uh, Vince Vaughn Owen Wilson Google movie. Remember they did a movie where they were like, I think Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson did like a, in around the same time, they did a movie where they were interns at Google. Oh. They were like old guy interns at Google. Was De Niro in that movie? I don't think so. Okay. I, I, I was confusing the two, but I now remember this one. Yeah, he's he's Anne Hathaway's intern, old yes. man intern. Wow. Yes. So that's where he met Tiffany Chen. Makes sense. Makes sense. It was a great movie. I'm being sarcastic if you can't pick it up, please. I don't think anyone understands sarcasm anymore. Everyone needs a disclaimer for everything. So yes, I'm being sarcastic. The Intern is not De Niro's best film. It is not. It's Probably one of his worst. That is not what we believe. No, Last Vegas might be... Last Vegas is probably better than The Intern, right? Well, well, let's give The Intern a a view. I would like to give The Intern a viewing before I make a declaration here. Uh, Because, you know, maybe I'd love The Intern. Uh, You know, maybe I would love it. You're right. You never Uh, know. Maybe I would love the fatherly-daughterly relationship of The Intern with Robert De Niro and Anne Hathaway. Yeah, and you would love the anti-ageist message, you know? Like, anyone can can be an intern, especially old people who are retired. Especially old people. And and anyone can have a child, especially 79-year-olds who already have six kids. Yeah, my God. He he broke the news to E.T. Canada. That's, That's pretty cool. Uh, and yeah, I, I, I think I need to speak for everyone here and, and, and just say, you know, why is Robert De Niro ejaculating in women? <laughs> why is this happening? Because well, he can. I guess because he can. Like, I'm like, I mean, I'm not saying like, like, I'm like, if you're 79 and you, you want to fuck, go for it. But mm-hmm. like, I mean, I don't know. I guess you, you throw a con, you can't pull out at that age. Like, I don't know, you know, or, do you even have a sensation when you, when you come at 79? Is it even, or is it just so. kind of happen? I think so i don't think yeah i don't think the sensation i know that was a joke i mean that was was, see i don't even understand comedy anymore i'm part (laughs) of the problem i'm part of the problem yeah i don't know i think um i don't know i think it's still sex is still pretty good as far as like orgasms go i assume maybe that's just like optimistic hopeful wishful thinking i don't know yeah but i just think it's more like he can he has the money he you know what i mean yeah it it doesn't matter it doesn't matter yeah and like 
he's, you know, congrats to the nannies. That's who we should be congratulating. Congrats to the nannies. You got a pretty good... You got another few years of, of De Niro's money coming in. Yeah, another uh, 18 years of work. Congratulations. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, my God, I can't... Im- yeah, that's why he doesn't give a shit. He comes in her, she's young, she can deal with the baby, and he can just... He makes that makes her happy. That makes his life easier. I just think it's probably easier if, if he has like this younger girlfriend who's like, "I want a kid," and he's like, "All right, put the Trojans hey, away." I you didn't know even what I mean? consider just, this. Right? Yeah, maybe this was maybe this was Tiffany's call. Of course. Yeah, you're, of course you're, it's <laughs> Tiffany. I mean, I'm not to be. I'm not. You know, she is a very well respected martial artist. Who, or, who Kim yeah. Cattrall calls a sweetheart. Right. So it's not like she needs yeah. his money, but I'm sure it fucking helps to know that. If she's going to have a kid, here, yeah. yeah, like you have a partner who has at least financial support. So, and then he probably doesn't have have to have. He's he's old enough to know that it's just easier if you don't argue with the wife and you yeah. or the girlfriend. You just do what they want, and then you can do what you want. He's you know, just, sure, he's laid there. I'm sure. Yeah, I bet he's a fuck machine. Okay, I bet. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> he's a goddamn fuck machine. I mean, like, he may be. You know, you know, at this, you know, you know, if anyone would be at 79. It would be. It would be Bobby. I mean, the way he said fuck Trump, right? Oh, you could tell. He's still fucking, you know? The way he said that, he's still got some passion in the loins. Yeah, he does. I'm excited for what I wrote is I'm excited for, because you know there's going to be a moment in his life, like four years from now, where he is talking to someone who may not be aware that he's had the seven child. And he's like, do you think there's going to be a moment where he's going to be like, Hey, I got my uh, I got my kid's graduation this week, and they're like, "Hey, what? Oh, wow, what school did they go to?" And he's like, "Don Bosco Preschool." <laughs> my kid's graduating preschool. Yeah, like they're, they're like, like, "What did you go to? What did you go to MIT or no preschool?" Yeah, PS one fourteen. Everybody's like, "Does De Niro have dementia? Does he? Oh no, he has he has a young." Oh, he just had a kid at seventy nine. Oh shit! Okay, wow, wow, yeah. congrats. Is he like, yeah? Do you think he's? Do you think in his mind he's like, well, if I make the kid's first steps. That'll be good for me. Like, see, because you know, if like you're a parent and you're thinking of like milestones that you want to see before you go, like if you have a kid at seventy nine, you you're, don't you're give hoping, a shit. Yeah, you don't you, give a shit. Yeah, sure, you you don't, don't give a shit. You're like, yeah, I had the kid. If I see him, great. If I don't, I die. Like, I just think he. I just think it's a bit of a narcissist. Like. You have your your child is not going to know you for very long. Like, no, come yeah, on. That's, that's, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's why I'm like, he doesn't. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't yeah. give a shit. He's he's a famous actor. He's been famous since like the fucking seventies. He's it's all about him. He doesn't give a shit. That's what I think, <laughs> and rightly so. He's very famous. Live your life. I don't care. But it's uh, yeah. So that's yeah. And there's a lot of old. Uh, there's a lot of like really yeah, we, famous guys like Billy Joel had a kid late. He had multiple kids late, right? Seemed, and uh, Mick Jagger, I think, had a kid in his seventies. I'm pretty Jagger, sure you said Rod Stewart. Rod Stewart, yeah. So I think it's a combination of like they still want to fuck younger women. Younger women want kids because they want, and they also want to lock in the relationship. And it's just easier to just like fucking do it. And they have the money to pay for it. Like the kid will be financially secure their whole lives. They don't have to worry about that. You know what I mean? It's like yeah, it's really pretty probably fucking easy for them and also i think it is a little bit like yeah i fucking did it my my sperm's still good you know it's, yeah it's, gotta it's, be it's something a, lot, like a lot of pride in the swimmers yeah. down in your nether uh, you know they can still go though your your geriatric sperm yeah still got into that egg congrats yeah. beautiful beautiful thing beautiful thing so much love to that family yeah really congr- good for the de Niro's. <laughs> uh, yeah you, Cause I think De Niro's oldest kid is probably like in in their fifties at this point, <laughs> so it's like the oldest kid is going to be raising the youngest kid. Well, it's nannies, but you know, yeah, it's pretty wild. It is, it is it pretty is wild. Pretty wild. Yeah. Another thing, pretty wild. Taylor Swift 
after she back broke on up. the scene back the on dating the scene. scene yeah she's dating all these rumors now after she made her like post breakup like girl squad is back i thought i thought that's what it was going to be i thought she was going to be out with like her like 15 famous friends yeah. every day taking like uh paparazzi photos in like the daytime in greenwich village she, that's the only she, time their schedules can all line up i think and like she, yeah it was just to throw us all off the scent yeah that she's actually this is a total i think this is a total pr thing but she's like apparently dating maddie healy from the 1979 yeah, the bad boy bad the controversial boy. Yeah. Matty Healy. Yeah. He gets in trouble on podcasts. He says stuff on podcasts that may offend you. Excuse he me? He makes an offensive joke every once in a while. Yeah. Or laughs at an offensive joke. I think that was the, the issue when he did the Come Down Guys podcast. I think the issue was that he laughed at one of the guys doing like an Asian accent. That's enough today. That's it. Yeah. He's, he's, he's yeah. That's I think, it. Yeah, I think yeah, he, well, and he also, yeah, I guess he had to apologize to Ice Spice, but I think he like apologized because he just wants to fuck Ice Spice. Like, and he was just like, I don't want this girl to not think I'm a dick. Like, not right. like me. Right. Her name's Ice Spice. If you have someone's name's Ice Spice, you want to be in their good grace. You yeah. Know? It's yeah. like, it's, her name's not Jenny. It's Ice Spice. Yeah. You don't, you don't want to, you know, you probably yep. want Ice Spice on your, on your, on your, on your side, you know. You yeah. Know? So, but I think you're right. I think this is Taylor Swift playing the headlines. I, yeah. I think uh, apparently her fans are very upset at this, uh, from what I've read. Oh. They're the Swifties do not like this. They, oh. they do not like this turn for Taylor. I don't know if she's addressed any of the online Swifties <laughs> coming at her for dating the 1975's Maddie Healy. Yeah. I, 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 I wonder if she has addressed that. Well, I feel like he said. I think there was like. I guess they've been, like, friends, quote-unquote. I don't know. And I guess there was, um... He commented, like, on some other fucking podcast or something that dating Taylor... He's just always getting in trouble on these podcasts. Yeah, he's a, he's a, prob- he's a problematic podcast guest. Um, and I guess he said, like, dating Taylor Swift would be emasculating, so maybe that's why... But it's... Yeah, I guess, I guess like, because she always, oh, wow. like, writes songs about... I don't know. About, oh, you know what oh, I mean? Saying, basically saying that, like, if you date her, then she's going to write a song about you. I guess so. I didn't read into okay, it. Right. I, I, unlike you, I did not do my research. I just kind of, like, was like, oh, shit, these two. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard a 1975 song. Go ahead. I, you, you I've only off. heard one. I because because he was on. Um, I'm a fan of the Brett Easton Ellis podcast. Don't it's it's a good podcast. It talks about film, TV. I don't necessarily not necessarily aligned with political turf. views, but I know right. Turf God, over God, here. look at this turf God. that I'm hosting with. Oh my God. Anyway, so uh, yeah, good podcast. And he had Maddie Healy on. And so, yeah, I, I had never listened to 1975. And I after that podcast, I was like, oh, do I like his music? I don't. I checked it out. I think it's pretty bad. I really don't understand it. Um, yeah, I was, but, you know, this is probably bad as a podcast host because I was like, gonna, I was like, oh, maybe I'll just because we we're going to talk about this. Yeah. But I was like, no, I just don't think I'm ever going to listen to a 1975. I think it's so. fine. It's, it's, it's really not like. It's, I don't think I'm the target demo. I, I assume I'm not. I think you might have been if you listened to it when it came out. I, I feel like they were like... Because they came out in the, like mid to late 2010s. I they started to blow so. up, it seems like. Okay. I think so. Yeah. Aren't you glad... Or we have like one listener, I think. Aren't you glad we uh, talked about the 1975, which we know absolutely nothing about. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like they're just like Muse or Phoenix or like these kind of like generic wow, Muse, rock bands. Yeah. yeah, like those kind of rock bands yeah. that came like after the Strokes and were like, whatever. I don't yeah, know. Okay. I, I, I thought his music was pretty generic, whatever. But I think he, uh, I don't know, whatever. I think he became famous really young. Like I think when that band oh, blew he was, up, yeah. he was really, really young. Okay. And so, I, I don't know. But I, I do like this for Taylor Swift that she's dating someone that's not like... 
at least it's like different for her, you know, it's someone like and, and, and I think it's interesting that she's actually doing something that would make her fans upset because I feel like all she does is please. You know yeah, what I, mean? I think like, the Swifties all she need does, a check. Yeah, like all she fucking does is do things that they'll be like, oh my god, is that, oh my god, is that one of the girls from Haim that she's hanging <laughs> yeah. out with? That's so cool. Yeah. I will absolutely pay $3,000 for a ticket and yeah. camp out for six days and lose my entire <laughs> life to go see her or whatever. Like, they I, all got mad at Ticketmaster. Do you remember that debacle? I think at her most recent. How could I forget? How, how could I how forget? How could any of us forget yeah. the Swifties versus Ticketmaster? Right debacle yeah. that happened a couple of uh within the last year within yeah. the last year i mean it's pretty pathetic i mean because also it's like well don't get mad at Ticketmaster. get mad at taylor swift like obviously taylor swift could just sell her own tickets like why the fuck does she like she has so much power yeah like she could i think she could buy sidestep you could it's sell just it like, online you could, you, you, you could sell them on her own website. you don't have to yeah. play madison square garden you can play venues where like you could figure it out if you gave a shit she doesn't give a shit she does not give a shit in my opinion she no. doesn't give a shit whatever um no well she gives a shit about keeping herself on top that's what, right. she, that's what she gives a shit about yeah uh, and, which is fine right but, but yeah, you know no one reaches that level without being an absolute psycho narcissist yeah. psycho exactly yeah uh, and then people need to understand that right I think, and not when it like comes to fandom yeah and not like think of her move like like don't i think these people think that she's actually like their friend or she's like a moral person or whatever and really yeah. she's just like a uh, yeah a narcissist um yeah. who, can, who can write a good pop song about hopefully was, yeah I mean, yeah I'm, I'm taking nothing away from her no. as an artist or a person no. but but if you're if you're taylor swift and you've been taylor swift for 12, you know, 14 years at this point, she's kind of been at the top. Like, you've stepped on some throats. Of course, yeah. It's like, you know, it's, come on. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Um, But yeah, I do feel like at least she's, yeah, this is at least interesting for her. It's not like just some boring blonde actor. It's like, I feel like it's kind of like... It's better than good. Oh, no, I feel like it's kind of like a a John Mayer. Like, I feel like Maddie Healy's kind of Mm. like a... A A young John Mayer. A young John Mayer. Yeah, he's like problematic. You hear that, John Mayer? You old fuck? yeah. Now he's just trying to fuck Cassie David. John Mayer, <laughs> the, the youngest member of the Grateful Dead. Give it up. Give it up. Yeah, for there the youngest he is. member of the Grateful Dead with yeah. his watch collection. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. I feel like it's like at least she's doing something that's sort of kind of interesting data, even though he's probably doing it for image rehab too. Oh, I think it's for both you know? of them. Yeah, they're they're totally. both. It's, it's, all over the, it's all over the headlines. Yeah. Everyone's going to be talking about both of them. Including us. Yeah. Including us. Uh, we're... we're, we're Hook, line, and sinker. We're in. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I think it's more interesting than if she was like with like Timothy Chalamet. Exactly. Or I'm trying to think of who. Yeah, who else she would even be with? That yeah. would be like who cares? Who um, cares? At least this guy has some kind of an edge to him. To him, it seems. <laughs> yeah, he gets in trouble on podcasts. Okay, he's he edgy. Did, yeah, he did the Come Town Guys other podcast. So wow, yeah. wow, Taylor, yeah. dangerous. Yeah. Look wow. out. Um. All right. Yeah. That's, so that's pretty much all we have to say about that. That's <laughs> the second. That's the now. And, and now we're into another one. Jack Nicholson. Uh, we talked about him a couple of podcasts ago because he got he got the um the Gene Hackman paparazzi treatment where the paparazzi is now following. Um, we've like, seen the pictures. We've, seen the we've pictures. all seen the pictures of Jack in that giant orange T-shirt mm-hmm. on the balcony, looking like he's dead. Yeah, uh, just getting trolled for being old, <laughs> and by the paparazzi. They did. They did it to Gene Hackman. They, they did it to Jack Nicholson. Yeah. Who's next? Who's next? Who's it comes in threes. Next, you know. I, you know what I did see. Maybe I should save it because maybe we can get into this. But apparently, Martha Stewart is doing the Sports Illustrated swimsuit. Did you see this? I, I, I didn't see any of the pictures, but. They're fine. I mean, she doesn't look bad, but 
is she going to get people like my dad horny who get Sports Illustrated? I don't think so. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, why are we pretending this body positivity, like, body positivity, diversity, ageism, that's all great. But is it, is Martha Stewart in a, in a swimsuit issue? Is that achieving what society wants as far as progress goes for acceptance i don't know i really don't know you know what i mean it, it like what is the, yeah um it's pretty wild it's pretty wild she's just in some very tasteful um full pieces i don't in some full pieces she's in All some right. tasteful full pieces and she's just kind of like you know with her she has pretty good plastic surgery and she's just smiling and kind of like hugging her boobs and some tasteful full pieces <laughs> you know what i mean and that's what i mean i feel like with the target demographic of sports illustrated i'm surprised it's not doing the same thing that like the bud light thing did when they tried to have you know they tried to like d uh, you know d uh, with, uh, with like the trans uh, yeah like try to yeah. try to like change their image as, as you know this kind of like they're known for one pop they're one one demographic and they try to like go after another and then yeah. that demographic like went crazy but now with the sports like i don't know are, are sports illustrated readers psyched about getting a, a swimsuit issue with fucking martha stewart in the middle of it i mean is I that mean, you know i wouldn't think so I mean, I wouldn't well, think last, so. last year was megan the stallion which i'm like that made that makes sense she's hot yeah issue, she's hot and sexy but, yeah but i don't i, I mean unless you know who knows who knows who the because maybe the average age of people getting uh sports illustrated at this point is like 67 68 so maybe some of those guys have kind of had crushes on martha stewart for a while and wouldn't mind taking a look at her you know what i mean i think they'd still rather just see a retro picture of her rather than like mm. you know they, they still just want to see hot young women i don't you know a 60 like <laughs> robert de niro case in point he's fucking someone Tiffany younger Chan, yeah. yeah come on 30, like 34 years his younger yeah no no old guys aren't like oh no I, I prefer women my age absolutely like if they could fuck younger they will I mean, come on. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. But um, sorry, anyway. I got us off track. I, um, no. So Jack is back at the at the Lakers game for the third straight time. He's made his third consecutive public appearance since being seen on the balcony in the orange T-shirt of death. Um, so now they're just. I feel like now they're still just making fun of him. Like I feel like. You know, saying like, oh, he's gone out three times since we all thought yeah, he we, was on his dementia death balcony. Yeah, I know. Can we, like, leave him alone at this point? Like, I think it's, you know, we, we forced this old man to go to three consecutive basketball games. He's which, tired. Yeah, he's tired. He's he doesn't tired. do that anymore. Yeah. He couldn't even get up. He couldn't even get on his feet for Austin Reeves hitting a half-court shot at the, at the end of the first half, which was a great moment. And he did a, I mean, he was into it. But, yeah, he's like, he's too old. He can't even get on his feet. He did it like a. He raised his fist as the shot was in the air, and then when it went in, he did like a, a, a Howard Dean. Yeah. Oh, that's sad. He yeah. Because I was like, because you could see him. You know, I had a Jack Nicholson moment where I texted you from work. Could you record this Lakers game for me? <laughs> uh, and then when I was home, was watching. You could see Robert De Niro the entire time, the entire broadcast. He's sitting courtside, right in the middle of the. So you can just watch him the entire time if you want. Wow! So right after the shot, I like rewound it on DVR and was like, "I have to see Jack's. What did he? How did he handle the half court shot that Austin Reeves hit?" Uh, and yeah, he didn't get out of his feet for that. So I think we can leave him alone. Now. Yeah, we don't need to be clocking the elderly um, <laughs> stars of yesteryear. Let's just let them be. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. let's just let them be. It's yeah, it's, just... it's, you know, he's given us a lot. He has. Now we need yes. to give him some rest. I think. Yeah, yeah. He can't even, like you said, he can't even get excited about some something exciting in basketball. Okay? Let's yeah, I just... mean, yeah, we're, you know, 11 years ago. A foul call would happen, and he would be on his feet screaming at the refs. 
And and now he can't even stand up for a half court shot, which doesn't happen that often. Yeah. Uh, so you know, I think let's let's give Jack his his his. He's back. We we all see him. He right. triumphed at the Lakers games, and now I think we can leave him alone. He put a blazer on. We all he put are... the maroon slacks right. on. Yeah, we, we know he doesn't have dementia. He's good. Let's move on. Yeah, you know? yeah. I think, I think it's. I think it's. You know. I think it's enough. Let's leave Jack out of this. Yeah. All right, but let's not leave celebrity Instagram. We like to do a segment on this podcast where we both pick something in, uh, on Instagram, a celebrity post that we think is either funny or horrible or good. And this week, something we have that some, intrigued us in one way or yeah. in one way or another. Yeah. yeah, interest. You know, save it. Save yeah. it in our our saved file. You know, that's always yes. fun. Ooh, save. Save. You love <laughs> saving. You love saving an Instagram video. Nothing gets me more pumped up than saving Me an too. Instagram video. I just love knowing that I have them there. Yes. You know? Yeah, you can always revisit. Uh, My saved videos. You can always, yeah, yeah. Always yeah. revisit that video from, like, James Corden or whoever. Yes. You may like or dislike. Ricky Gervais's Golden Globe speech that people repost. Always save that. Oh, that's you know? always a save. It's a yeah. good one. Okay. So, all right, do you want to go first here or do you want to... You, you, uh, you go first because, yeah. You right. have your notes up. Yeah. All right, I don't have that many notes on this. All but, right. Um, all right, so I went right to Hulk Hogan's Instagram. So I was like, what's, what's the Hulkster doing? Yeah. Uh, and what he's doing is, well, he, he owns a couple restaurants now. In Florida. Down in Clearwater Beach, Florida. Nice. Um, and this past Friday, at Hogan's Hangout, <laughs> it was his first ever bikini contest. Excellent. So the ladies of Florida... We're making their way. So, so I, so my Instagram videos were him and his son standing in front of a highway, very uh, busy highway, doing like Hulk, <laughs> very busy highway I mean. across the street from a Hooters. Because like at one point, Hulk, they originally they were going in the in the video. He lets it be known that they were they were going to Hooters to recruit for this bikini contest, but they didn't need to because so many they got so many applications. So so many of these bodacious babes. Of Florida, we're coming down to Hogan's hangout. Winner got two thousand, all hundreds. Yeah. Second place got one thousand, all hundreds. Third place five hundred. Uh, I've not seen any footage. I couldn't find any any footage of of this bikini contest. So I don't know who won, who lost. Oh, I'm sure she was a smoking hot young babe. I, I you know, I'm sure she was a ten. Clearwater, yeah, Florida. the Clearwater's finest were out there. Yeah, and, I'm sure. Uh, um, Hulk, so so yeah, they're standing in front of a Hooters. Hulk Hogan's got a John three sixteen shirt, like Bible Psalm shirt, as he and his and his and his HGH arms still. Um, and he's talking about these women. He he like makes a joke at Ric Flair's expense because he was like. He's like, I asked Rick if he wanted to come and, uh, uh, you know, judge this, but he, he said the old ticker couldn't handle ho- ho- judging these babes, these bodacious babes. And then, like, his son is with him, and his son is also doing Hulk Hogan. Like, they're just both doing Hulk Hogan. In front of a highway. In front of a highway. In front of they, You can hear the cars driving by. There's so many cars. You see vroom, There's big vroom, rider trucks, vroom, moving trucks vroom, going by. I mean, vroom. it looks... The videos look like the beginning of a really good Dateline episode. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah, like, yeah. this is right before they go murder one of these women. I mean, that's exactly yeah. what it looks like. Yeah. It looks like the beginning of a really great Dateline. <laughs> really good 2020. Starts off with the bikini contest father son and someone dies so that's someone, what it looks like yeah that yeah. is that looks like that's how the episode was started you would see their their promotion for it um and hulk hogan's son now is djing at hogan's hangout that seems what he's dj nick hogan on the wheels 
Bikini doors at eight, bikini contest at nine, DJ Nick on the wheels at ten. He was spinning all night long. Good lord. I mean, it was also like they didn't even promote it. Like, they weren't even standing in front of the restaurant. That's <laughs> no, they, why. They were standing in front of a Hooters. Yeah, in front of a highway. That's why it seemed like they were, everything about this seemed completely set up just to, like, s- traffic women. I mean, it just seemed <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, completely yeah. ridiculous. You think you would stand in front of the fucking restaurant where you're having this, maybe have a flyer. Like, there was... Something. Yeah, yeah. and then they just kept saying, we've got babes coming in from everywhere, because we've got all these applications. Who's sending applications? to be in your bikini contest. Yeah, I don't know how like, they got... What are you talking about? Yeah. Like, yeah. What are you talking <laughs> yeah. about? Apparently, they're, yeah, apparently the, the Tampa Bay Lightning hockey team, they were coming in to, to judge it, apparently. That's uh, that's what he said in the video. I don't know if that's that happened. Sure, of the guy, course apparently, it did. The, his, his buddy who owns the Hard Rock knows some of the guys on the Tampa Bay Lightning, and they were coming in to judge. To this bikini contest at to a the, restaurant Hogan's on the side hangout, of the highway. Hogan's Hangout in Clearwater Beach, Florida. I mean, it was fucking terrifying. And also, the son Nick is like, I mean, because I, I loved their reality show. I, I think yeah. it was called Hogan's Knows Best. Yeah, it was Hogan's no, Hogan Knows Best. And I feel like that was like, their, their, when you watch the reality show, it was like their family was very together at that time. You know, yeah. it was like him and Linda were just these two orange parents. Yeah. In, you know, and they had these two kids that looked exactly like them. Hogan wanted to fuck his daughter. It was crazy. <laughs> he was obsessed with his daughter, Brooke. Yeah. And then Nick was kind of like the quiet, bad, bad like, you know, tr- little he, bratty he, troublemaker. Yeah. He, and then after that show ended, like, everything in their life, they got so dark. It's like Nick hit, he killed his friend in a car accident. Oh Remember God. that? Yeah, it was really dark. Really dark. Really and then. Dark. The, the, their relationship, Hogan and Linda, their relationship fell apart in this very trashy way where Linda was like all over TMZ dating young men. Well, like, they both, after they split, they both were dating 19-year-olds. Exactly. They, they both, they were both dating blonde 19-year-olds. She was She was dating like this like 19-year-old blonde kid. I mean, and she was dating, and he was dating this like 19-year-old blonde girl. Crazy. <laughs> yeah, Such an amazing trashy family. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. really, and the bikini contest, it makes so much sense but honestly I, I think there's probably i i would love to see some of the foot if they if they post anything about what kind of women showed up at this clear water contest i mean that's what i'm saying i i don't think it's it i don't know what a clear water 10 is for the rest of the country but i just yeah i don't know what kind of like I think Ric Flair, when he said, uh, my ticker couldn't handle it, that was a nice way of saying, fuck no, I'm tired, I'm old, and I'm happily married, and I don't need to come to your trashy bikini contest. You yeah, know no, he's mean? not. Like, Ric Flair, I feel like, is reformed at this point. Like, oh, he's, here we go. Right? All right, I got some, oh, no. we got some footage. Oh, we got some footage. We got some footage okay. from Hogan's Hangout. Yeah. Wow, no, look at these. That's exactly what I thought it was going to be. <laughs> here they are. Here are the ladies of Clearwater. Yeah. They look very... Oh, uh, we got some twerking going on. Basically, the girls from the Hooters just came across the street. I mean, that's all... It is the Clearwater Hooters girls. I mean, all I can say is that they are in bikinis, and that's all I'm going to say about these women. (laughs) Yes, they are in bikinis. I'm not going to say a damn thing about their bodies, because I'm not going to body shame. But it just looks like... It literally just looks like seven Hooters waitresses walked across the street. And, yeah. I wonder who won. There's not... uh, Whoever this, this account is saying last night was lit. 
There's so it, literally, was, it, was, it was lit at this place. It doesn't look full. It looks like they have seven girls in bikinis who just keep doing the same twerking move. And <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, that's that. it. So, wow. That was it wild. It was a lot of ass and titty bouncing. Hogan was throwing a beach ball all over the place. It looked like the night of, of the century. Yeah. Down at Hogan's Hangout in Clearwater Beach. So that was my celebrity Instagram. It was uh, excellent. Excellent Do you have any other, any, any final closing thoughts on uh, Hulk Hogan and his son hosting a bikini contest at one of his restaurants? No, I just it was fucking terrifying like the whole thing like the whole thing of them doing these promos they did two of them in in between two parked cars in Just front of a very a busy lot. highway. Yeah, standing in a parking lot in front of a highway. In front, across the street from a Hooters. I mean, that's all I can say. It literally looked like either the beginning of Dateline 2020 or the beginning of, like, a really good slasher movie. Yeah. You know, it just looked like the beginning of of, of, of some female about to be murdered. Yeah. That's yeah. all I'm going to say. And I, it was very entertaining. It was a good pick, for sure. So that, that's that's my celebrity Instagram of the week. Yeah. I got to uh, check in with Linda. I got to see what Linda's doing, you know? Linda Hogan? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good... I wonder. Her. I wonder what she's doing. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Oh, yeah. my God. Like... Because Hulk's had a hell of a journey since then, so I wonder what Linda's gotten into. Yeah. I actually... Um, like, one day at one of my old jobs, I was like... My coworker and I were talking about uh, wow, <laughs> Brooke okay. Hogan. We were wow. literally talking about how much we... Yeah, about how funny it was that Hulk Hogan always wanted to fuck his daughter, Brooke. And, like, yeah, I was God. waiting for the elevator, scrolling through her Instagram, Brooke Hogan's Instagram. Well, how's, how's Brooke doing? She's really all about clean eating. And she has cheat days. All That's, right. like, all... Like, she seems very... So she's, like, into fitness, it seems. Kind so of. she's kind of like a yeah. fitness girl now. I, mean, I guess that makes sense. She's good fine. For, good for Brooke. Yeah, I think she has, like, a boyfriend. And then there was nothing, like... Good but, for Brooke. She was. She is not at Hogan's Hangout hosting no. the bikini contest. No, thank God. Yeah, no. Those the girls were not Brooke Hogan. Like the the bikini girls did not look like Brooke Hogan. Okay, they they looked like Hooters waitresses who crossed the street. Um, yeah. Brooke looks good, but so I'm like scrolling through, and like the director at the place where I was working totally caught me looking at Brooke Hogan's Instagram. Like, wow, he totally spied on me. Looking at Brooke Hogan's Instagram. Thinks you're so. a Brooke super fan. I am though. Oh well, yeah, we are. I am though. Yeah. yeah. So he saw me that day. He that's, saw me that's, that day. He saw the real you. He did. Yeah. yeah. But it was like the very snobby head of the nonprofit saw me looking at <laughs> fucking Brooke Hogan. And I was like, yeah, exactly. Um, okay, my pick was um, James Vanderbeek's Instagram. Yeah, right? these were pretty good. Yeah. I uh, so yeah, I was a huge Dawson's Creek fan when it came out when I was in high school. I was a huge obsessed with Dawson, Dawson's Creek, loved it. I was a big Pacey girl. I wasn't a, a Dawson girl. Uh, mm. Van, Vanderbeek, he played Dawson. I wasn't wasn't into him. I was all about Pacey. I'm like, who's, who's, uh, Pacey's I, I, Joshua I did... Jackson's character. Okay. Um, so they were best friends, Dawson and Pacey. And then Joey's Katie Holmes' character. Okay. Um, and um, wow, I, I didn't realize that. So that was where kind of Katie Holmes got her start. Absolutely. Wow, that's yeah. Cool. And Look like everyone in my high school was, there was a lot of people who were, it was a big deal. Like a lot of people were obsessed. Dawson's Creek? Yeah. Like they were okay. guys, like guys I knew in high school who were like obsessed with Katie Holmes and like wow. wanted a, to find a girl that was like exactly like Joey. Looked like Katie Holmes. Yeah. It was like a big deal in my wow. like little rinky dink small town on Long Island. And um, so I was very into it. I was obsessed with Pacey and and Joey. They got together in the second season because Joey was originally like very into Dawson. Like that's she. They were like best Ooh. friends, big friend zone plot. You wow. Know? Okay. They were neighbors, and she would like climb through his window. But he he got into he, then Michelle Williams moves into the town, and Dawson and Michelle wow. Williams character they get together and it breaks Joey's heart. Wow. Then she gets with Pacey, and it was like they Pacey and Joey they had this whole like romance on a boat together. They had like a whole summer together, okay. and I just, I. Just I remember like in high school just being like i want that 
like just thinking, <laughs> it was like so romantic. I was like, I was so into it. Um, yeah, and then Dawson was always way too angsty in the show. Like he he was always dealing with his like parents had this really trashy divorce. You know, yeah, he was okay. always very tormented. He was just a little too much for me. Um, but. Yeah. Wow. He's, Justin is showing me pictures of this Pacey is, and, and that's Joey. That's Pacey and Joey. And I, yeah, I just, oh, I just got a little pang. Just, oh, <laughs> so good. I love Pacey and Joey. Oh, it was everything. They were everything. <laughs> they were the best. Um, wow. Yeah, Joey called him Pace. I was like. Ooh, Pace. Pace. Yeah, Pace. What are you doing, Pace? Um, loved it. But um, but then James Vanderbeek, I really enjoyed him after Dawson's Creek. He did a bunch of movies where he, I feel like he kind of like went off type, you know, mm. where he, he, he was he, trying to re yeah, rebrand himself. Yeah, right? like he was in like Varsity Blues where he played the oh, like. Oh yeah, know, okay. I don't want your laugh. That was like big. Where he was like he was into yeah. Varsity Blues, and then um. He was in the Rules of Attraction. He played, um, which is based on a Brett Easton Ellis book. How many times am I going to say Brett Easton Ellis? This is really pathetic. I need, <laughs> I need to socialize. Um, need more friends. Anyway, um, yeah, but it, there's this book called Rules of Attraction. It's based on a Brett Easton Ellis book. And uh, the main character, Sean Bateman, Patrick Bateman's brother from American Psycho. There's a fact. So it's like, oh. he's, there's this like, lineage of characters. Interesting. Um, okay. Yeah, and he plays... Because um, he wrote uh, American Psycho, yep. right? Yeah. Okay. yeah. Okay. So Dawson, um, James Vanderbeek gets to play this character, Sean Bateman. He's just really kind of like awful, you know, in college, like just messing with all these girls, doing drugs, doing everything wrong. Okay. So I kind of enjoyed Vanderbeek's like off type. So he went, yeah, when he, we went yeah. in to do like bad boy. Yeah. yeah kind of like, yeah, bad boy, jock. Yeah. Bad boy type. Look at this guy. Yeah. Um, and then, so yeah, always interested in him in that way. And then when I went to his Instagram, now he just... His latest role is just playing the soft-spoken father of six on Instagram who moved who, who, is, who moved to Texas. I think he like left Hollywood and now he, I don't know if he lives in Texas or he lives somewhere where he can have like a giant property. Cause so I feel he's, like, yeah, because he's got a big like ranch style yeah, property. Yeah. And so there's this video of him, James Vanderbeek. Do we know who is, who's his uh, wife? Do, uh, I don't think he, she's an actress. I think okay. she's kind of normal. I okay. just think he's, and I think he has like six kids. He, so he's like, wow. All right. yeah, he's like, now his new role is on Instagram playing the soft-spoken father of six. Yeah. And, so there's one video of James Vanderbeek. He's wearing like a very um, like a like a white linen shirt, buttoned low with a chain. Like a chain is there, yeah. And his hair is uh, so he's filming himself from the front. They're outside. Looks like he's just got a uh, like a long short hairdo. Yeah, um, it looks yeah, it just looks like he's got a, sh- a short hairdo, and he's you know he's got his shirt kind of open. And he's just like he's just outside. It's sunset. His golden retriever is there, and he's just like. Very so he's like talking to the camera and he's like smiling like a proud dad and he's like so I just had this uh, my moment with my daughter she went to a birthday party and uh, she had a lot of she probably ate a lot of crappy food and she had a bit of a tantrum and she came home and I I wanted to figure out how to uh, you know restart the conversation with her and I I did something that my mom used to do which is uh, I gave her an orange to peel. And, uh, <laughs> I mean, oh there's my something God. about giving a child. It's it's citrus. It's and then the child, the little daughter, comes up and she's like, "Daddy, I peed my pants." And he's like, <laughs> "Well, you win some, you lose some." Like it's just like this, like yeah. yeah. And you were like, "You think he like told the daughter to like run up?" That was my first. Thought. Yeah, it, it does seem like a bit staged, but um. But I don't. Yeah, I also don't know that. But but they're also so at this moment. I forgot. Really, the real star of this video is his secret man bun that he 
literally reveals like a because like like once his daughter runs up, he like turns his head, turns his head, and reveals this man bun that really pulls the whole video together. It really yeah. pulls the it's button. like the rug in Lebowski. Yes. James James Vanderbeek's uh, man bun exactly ties, ties the whole video ties together. The whole, ties the the linen sh- the linen loose shirt the sunset outside his the vibe retriever. in general yeah yeah his vibe in general and there's that fucking man bun and it's like yeah, wow, wow this is this is who this is what Dawson is now he's the soft spoken father <laughs> of six he's the guy who gives his his children fruit when they have a t- tantrum like that's and I was like wow different uh, parenting when I was little and I had a tantrum. My dad would just be like, "You're ruining my Christmas." <laughs> it's like, you know, I never, no one ever gave me fruit when I got upset. It's just you're like, no, that's a, a different experience. It's you a different know? experience. I, I feel like it's not a bad idea. You know, I guess, I guess, you know, the idea is if you give the kids something to do with their hands, it'll distract them. But I also feel like I if a kid's having a tantrum, it. it was probably yeah. It's always because yeah. the kid probably just throw it or squish it in their hands. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's just, but that's I well, think it worked for his... James Vanderbeek's mother. So right, and it worked. Yeah, look, he turned out great. He turned out to be a, a you know father of six, soft spoken, who makes Instagram videos starring his man bun. So yes. yeah, that is. And then because you sent me another one too, he did another video where he is talking about Feng Shui and having <laughs> having his whole I think room do- redone with Feng Shui. He's very proud of his mudroom. His um, mudroom. His mudroom. Very proud of his mudroom. He's like, look, you can see, he uh, he got someone. He got a feng shui consultant. He, was, he didn't really necessarily believe in that kind of feng shui stuff when he first heard about it. But now that he gets to he gets to remodel his space and his his ranch, and he gets to pick where the window is, and it's six lockers because he has six kids, and the window, oh, wow, yeah. the window looks out perfectly, and everything is where it should be, and that. Really, comf- just like that man bun, you know, it pulls everything together. Yeah. It's just, that's him, you know, he's just like the, it's just kind of interesting, like, that is a role for these people. Like, now, Instagram, they can have a new role, which is just like their yeah. personality, I guess, what their pr- performative personality is, you know, what it's kind of interesting. Proje- yeah, what they want to project to the world. Yeah, and like, he, yeah, I just feel like that's his new, his new role is being this kind of like, soft-spoken, moved to Texas actor dad who... It's- it's more, yeah. It's more interesting than if he was just doing like TikTok dances with his family. I guess so. I yeah. would rather watch a weird video of him, di- you know, discussing his feng shui. Yeah. Mudroom. Yeah. It's better than him just like hiding behind his daughter and then jumping out and then doing like oh, uh, God, yeah. doing like that. That would. I didn't see any of those. No. This, so. But I have seen like Judd Apatow do that. Of it's course. Kind of horrifying. Oh, of course the Apatows. Do yeah. That. Or like, remember when Matt Lauer tried? Matt Lauer thought the TikTok dance was going to rehab his image. <laughs> he definitely yeah. did. Yeah. And it was like, it just, we we still know. Oh we my still God. Know Matt, Matt Lauer. Lauer. We still, you dirty. She knew what she wanted. Oh. She knew what she wanted. <laughs> oh <my> God. <laughs> it's like, yeah. It's like, it's not even like. Who were they know. having drinks with? Uh, Meredith Vieira. Yeah. Meredith Vieira. Meredith knows, we know, Matt. We all know. Okay? Oh, man, Matt Lauer, yeah. The creepiest. So good. Anyway, that's our our celebrity Instagram segment. Yeah, yeah. James Vanderbeek, Hulk Hogan. Good job on Instagram to (laughs) you, too. Check it out. Yeah, Yeah, check him out if you want some entertainment. Uh, All right. 
Another thing we did, because we, uh, what did we watch with her? What's her name? Uh, um, that was, um, good. It was, <laughs> we're both very tired from work. Our day yeah, job, it was, it was so, a long, yeah, it was yeah, a long well, weekend for us. Uh, but what, we're trying, we're getting through this. God, um, what was that movie? It was the Daniel Radcliffe one. We just talked about it like two episodes I know, ago. I, my brain guys, really. Guys, help us out, guys. I, you know, come on, audience. Um, um, it, what was it, called? it was the original title was the what F if? word. What, what if? if? Yeah, what, what if? if? Yeah, yeah, what if? One of the worst movies you know, so we started watching these kind of like 2013, like like yeah, these second like 2010, Obama era. Yeah, these like 2010 to 2014. Obama's second yeah. term, twee, yeah. these very like twee rom-coms because they're really fun to hate watch. And we started with this movie called Jess and uh, Celeste. Um, is that what it's called? Celeste Je- and... Jess is Celeste and Jesse Forever. Celeste which was, Jesse uh, Forever. Which was, yeah, we, yeah, you guys can find the episode. It yeah. was all about Rashida Jones and uh, Andy Samberg. That was the first yeah. one, and then we just, yeah, then we were like, all right, well, now we have to get back into this era of film. These these kind of twee rom-coms, they're really bad. But now that we've watched, so we watched uh, Celeste and Jesse Forever, What If, and now this movie called Ruby Sparks. And I have to say... As we go down, Celeste and Jesse Forever looks like a fucking masterpiece. It is a masterpiece compared, compared to, to these, these two, two trash movies. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, we, what if... Did you... I mean, I don't know if we should do our reviews first before... Let's do our reviews first. Well, then, you know. yeah. Was, what I was going to ask was, did you like this better than What If? No. No? I hated wow. it. This is probably one of the, I don't think I've hated wow. a movie as much. I hated this movie. I liked this better than What If. I liked What If better. Okay. This was such... This was like one of the worst fucking movies. I, I <laughs> hated it. I don't think anything... I have so much to say about this movie. I can't wait to talk about it. Um, but yeah, so the actress that... Got, we got interested in this movie because we watched What If starring Daniel Radcliffe and... Zoe Kazan. Zoe Kazan. Um, yeah. And so we... And Zoe Kazan, we're like, holy shit. She's married to Paul Dano and they have the same face. They, they, look, they they're, they're literally the same person. They are brother and sister who got married. I mean, they look the yeah, same. And it's so crazy. we found out they met on this movie called Ruby Sparks, and we're like, okay, we have to watch the movie where they fell in love with each yeah. other, obviously, and see yes. what the fuck this was all about. Yes. And it's a movie called Ruby Sparks, and I fucking I I haven't hate watched something <laughs> so much. I had to watch it. I watched it a little bit by myself at night. Then I had to I couldn't get through it, so I watched a lot of it. <laughs> on my breaks at work because I was just like, this is the only way I could do it. <laughs> You're watching it. Wow. Yeah, I, watched, okay. I was like, I don't care who sees me. I'm fucking doing this on my breaks at work because it just took me a long time to get through this movie. I hated it. Um, I watched so it one sitting. We watched at, it separately yeah, and yeah. now we're going to compare notes about it. Um, so here we go. Ruby Sparks. Ruby Sparks. This is our, our thoughts. Okay. So th- the movie opens with a dream sequence, right? Yes. So Paul Dano is a writer and it opens with him having a dream. The dream is of this character who eventually creates the Zoe Kazan character named Ruby. Spoilers alerts for Ruby Sparks. Yeah. 2012's Ruby Sparks. A lot of spoilers. Um, and, and this dream sequence to me just set up like this is going to be a terrible movie. You immediately know through this because it's just this girl twirling in, in yellow light. This like kind of oversaturated yellow light. And it's just like. And she's like, what are you saying? It's just a girl twirling in yellow light. Nothing. It's absolutely. You're like, please, I'd rather this be a golden sh- shower. If like, I'd rather <laughs> this be something than other. This girl is just twirling in yellow light. And, then, and she's a silhouette. You can't see like her face or anything. Right. And then she's just saying, what? Why are you looking at me like that? Yeah. What? Why are you looking at me like that? And it's like, oh, this is going to be torture. And it was. And it fucking was. Um, and it, to me, it just felt like I was like, 
is is this about is this like the girl from Little Miss Sunshine all grown up? Like why is she? It bathed? was the same people that directed Little Miss Sunshine Stop directed it. this. Yeah, I could tell. Yeah, it was the same directors who I did Little Miss tell. Sunshine. Yep, yep. I could tell. Oh my god. Okay, because that's what it felt like. You're like, what is going on here? Yeah. And so then you realize, okay, he's this writer and he's having writer's block, and so he kind of starts to write this character that he's having a dream about. And then it blurs the line. And lines. he's a hopeless romantic, too, it seems. I guess. I, 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 I don't know. I, His character was so underdeveloped. He was, <laughs> that, like, that's the thing. He He's just this, like, it's like no character is really fully developed. It's just like, oh, he is a writer who can't write. And he wrote a book that was popular. And we're like, well, what kind of book was it? Like, it takes you so long to figure out what kind of writer he is. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's very lazy. It's yeah. very lazy as far as character development. So you're just like, oh, okay, he's this writer who has writer's block. And then you're like, oh, why would anyone make a twee adaptation? You know what I mean? Like, because there's yeah. this, it's this writer and he starts to write something and it blurs the reality. It was also me. very uh, <clears throat> Stranger Than Fiction, the Will Ferrell movie. I never saw it, that movie. It's, but... it's pretty, I mean, I, I haven't seen it in a long time, but it was pretty good. It came out six years before this. But it was the same same concept where, like, an author is writing Will Ferrell's character's life and he, like, goes crazy. Yeah, it's like, why are we doing this with, yeah. with less skill, whoever's making this movie, than <laughs> than what the plot has come before? So, um, anyway, yeah. So then we get Paul Dano. He's the writer. He's a lonely L.A. writer. And to me, he looks he looks like a combination between Andrew McCarthy, like the 80s Brat Pack star, combined mm. with Eric Stoltz, obviously then combined with Zoe Kazan. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Like, he's kind of cute because he's tall, but he also just looks like... A quirky female actress, you know, who's tall. Like it's like why? Well, his hair is not good in this movie. God that was like man. my first note was like maybe you wouldn't have writer's block if you would cut your hair, Calvin. Maybe, maybe that hair is blocking your ideas because yeah. he's just got this like '60s Beatles mop top type like helmet head. Yeah. Uh, so that was bad. Um, another one of my early notes was. A month ago, I did not know Chris Messina existed, and now he's in every single movie I watch. <laughs> yeah. I cannot escape Chris Messina. Yes. He plays uh, Paul Dano's brother in this. And that was when I was like, in what world are these two guys brothers? Exactly. And they share both. It's not like it's like. So I was thinking, I was like, oh, maybe Chris Messina has like a different. Maybe like, you know, they have the same mom, but different dads. But it's like, no, they just. They're brothers. Blood somehow. Brothers. Blood, Blood brothers. brothers. Somehow. Makes no sense. Maybe they um, wanted to throw us off the trail of like Zoe Kazan and Paul and Paul Dano looking alike, so they gave us Christmas Cena to be like. I think that's a great okay, theory. I think okay. that's a great theory because different gene pool. He's not. <laughs> yeah. This is not a story about a writer writing his sister to fuck her. That yeah, is not, I think you're. That's. I think that's a great theory. This is not an yeah. incest fantasy. Look at Christmas Cena. Obviously, <laughs> these two are not related. Okay, great, great. Oh man, yeah. Yeah. Christmas Cena, he is in everything. He's, he's yeah, I never knew him before. And then Air was the first thing I saw him in the Ben Affleck Matt Damon movie. He's in uh, Air, and that was the first thing I saw him in. And then now he's been in every single movie I've watched. He was in. I was really obsessed with Six Feet Under when it came out. And he was in okay. Six Feet Under, but then he had I think like the Mindy Project really blew him up as far as being yeah, okay. as far as being like the rom com guy. I feel like Six Feet Under, oh, not Six Feet Under, because in Six Feet Under he was kind of like a. I mean that there's nothing funny or romantic comedy about six feet under he just kind of plays this like this guy that uh, no one cares but anyway um i think the mini <laughs> i think the mindy project is what kind of put him in this light as this like 
romantic lead. Or this, just, yeah, yeah, the male or the male lead in a romantic. But comedy. also, they don't even make it clear in the beginning that this is his brother. I thought this was his like frat friend who was trying to get him to fuck. Because Christmasine is the guy who's like, while they're at the they're gym, at the gym, he's yeah. just loudly talking about fucking to like embarrass yeah, him, you know. Yeah. And so you're like, okay, this is his asshole fratty yeah, friend. Ta- yeah, you are right in this movie. It takes a while. It takes a minute to get to things it, it, where you're like, it takes you forever to figure out <laughs> who these people are that you're supposed to be interested in because it's not interesting. Anyway, sorry, I'm I really hate this movie. Um, so yeah, it's like, okay, great, Christmas scene is in it. Awesome, here we go again. You know, oh, and he's 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 just the abrasive guy who talks about sex a lot and is trying to get his brother, who we were unclear if it's brother, trying to get him to fuck. He's it's also like, a cool great. dad. Yeah, he's a fucking dad. It's just like, all right, whatever. <laughs> um, so then we learn that um, uh, Calvin is Paul Dano's character. He has a so he's having a lot of trouble writing, and he's having a lot of trouble, um, you know, with women. And so he gets a he gets a dog to kind of like help him. And the dog is a cane terrier. He's like a little. It's like a little dog, little cane terrier. Yeah. And when I walk dogs, I walked a little cane terrier, and the owners of this cane terrier gave me a twelve. Wow, that was okay. Printed manual called at the top it said Surviving Buddy. The Kane Terrier's name is Buddy. I got a (laughs) twelve page manual called Surviving Buddy. This is what happens when you walk dogs in New York City for crazy people. Yeah. Um and and the manual came with included the last two pages were a um a a a documented it toy index of all Buddy's toys, and it would just have a picture of the toy. And then it would say the toy's name, Blue Ball. It would say Blue Ball, and then Blue Ball. And then it would say Space. It would have a picture of the toy, and it would say, like, why? Anyway, yeah, why? Was, yeah, why, 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 why? Anyway. Tennis ball. Yeah, tennis was, ball. Yeah, purple tennis ball. ball. And then it would just be a picture of the purple ball. Squeaky toy. Like, what yeah. the f- What is your problem? Oh, my God. It's really insane. I don't recommend walking dogs in your Surviving city. Buddy. Surviving Buddy. 12-page printed manual. In color. At least it was in color. You know, that was nice. They really uh, went all out of Kinko's. Yeah, that's true. They paid They paid the full 70 cents a sheet. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. They care about their yeah. dog. Um, yeah. Okay. Um... Let's see. I'm at Christmasina. Okay, then we get to the therapy session. Oh, boy. Yeah, this is where my notes start to kick in. <laughs> yeah, with you This got, therapy you session. Is it Elliot my, Gould? Is which the... is Elliot Gould. I wrote uh, that. Where was my note? I wrote that, yeah, I wrote that the therapist should have been Harold Ramis. Exactly. I looked it up. Harold Ramis was alive at this point still. Missed opportunity. No offense, Elliot Gould. Uh, and I also wrote, uh, so I just wrote, like, oh, my God, he's in the fetal position in therapy holding a teddy bear. Because his male dog pisses like a girl dog. Yeah. This is the movie. (laughs) This movie is going nowhere. It's starting nowhere and it's going nowhere. So I wrote, how is this therapist allowing this? You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, you know what? I think this, no, he doesn't need to be in a fetal position with a teddy bear because I think he needs to toughen up a little bit. Yeah. I think that's what would help. If you've ever been in therapy, like the way they portray therapy in movies is just so cartoonish like this. Like people are like on a couch. Like it's like like now. Throwing themselves on a couch. Yeah. yeah, Therapists just won't talk to you if you act like this. I feel like they'll just be like. They'll, they'll ice you out almost if you're acting completely... Insane. Yeah. yeah. Like, they are just not going to... Like, yeah, no, I think it would, would have just been yawning. Yeah, my, exactly. My therapist <laughs> just would yawn at me yeah. a decent amount. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, therapists swallowing their yawn. And I always... Yeah. That, that's always fun to... Yeah, it's always... It's great. Which I'm like, I get it. Yeah. God. Um, yeah, so that was... I guess that was really my... Those were really my two notes on the, uh, on the male uh, therapist. Oh, yeah. And I... 
in the therapy session, I really responded to when Calvin was talking about how a lot of his neurosis and trouble with women comes from the fact that all the girls that he meets now just want to fuck him because they read his book in high school. And it's like, what? Yeah. First of all, oh, and then Christmasina has a line where he's like, when they're in the gym and he's like, well, work out. So they want to fuck you for your body. Yeah, which is like cool, Chris. Um, <laughs> what a great character! What a great character! So well, so well defined this character. But it's like okay, so all the girls that he meets want to fuck him because they read his book in high school. Honestly, the books that I was reading in high school were all like classic American literature canon books. It's like Tess of the Dubervilles, Hemingway, <laughs> Sun Also Rises. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like what? So then it's like, okay, is he like yeah, a like, serious novelist or is it like some Fifty Shades write, of Grey yeah, shit? Or, yeah, or Twilight. Yeah. Like, did you write Twilight? What did, yeah. Or did you write the great American novel? And it takes it takes us like way into like half the movie to realize, okay, he kind of wrote one of the great American novels, but they take way too long to tell you. Like, it's important to know what kind of writer this guy is. Is he like a trashy writer who wrote a hit book? Is you're, he like a crime right. writer? That was something I really wasn't thinking about oh, while I was watching the movie. Nuts. But yeah, it was you know, driving that's a good me point. nuts. I was like, wait, who first? Because do you, do you remember girls reading books in high school? Like, girls don't read a lot of books. Like, I read books that, because I, I mean, I was a nerd and I liked reading, so I read a lot of, like, yeah. If I was reading books, it was like Steinbeck and like all that shit. You know, I wasn't reading like yeah. anything modern, really. You know, it's not like you're reading anything that's not required. So I don't know. That just that drove me. I crazy. mean, yeah. Well, I mean, for me, like, I'm also just like, oh yeah, boohoo. Most <laughs> yeah, of yeah. girls want to fuck you because they like your work. Yeah. Wow, it's so tough, Calvin. It's really tough out uh, there. Yeah. Okay, then we get to the. He goes to this like publishing party for this like other famous writer played by Steve, Steve Coogan. Coogan. I wrote Steve Coogan. Nice surprise. Yeah, but he doesn't get to be funny. And no, it's you're right. Fucking torture. But he's good at playing a dick. He, he yeah. is like he like he plays like a dick, total dick in this movie, and he's good at it. Yeah, he's so. great dick hair. Like his hair is kind of comically <laughs> yeah. long and awful. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he doesn't get to be funny, and he like he gets to be a yeah. dick, but they don't give him enough time to like. No, really... he's, he's only he only really has like two or three scenes. Yeah, yeah, there's a part later where he dances. Do you remember that part where he's like, th- there's another party and Steve Coogan is dancing? Wow, and that, and I think I missed him dancing. That was the funniest part. That was like, I think that was like one of the only, I think there were like two moments that I enjoyed. That was one of them. <laughs> Steve Coogan dancing like a dick. It was very funny. Yeah, okay. He got to be funny. But, um, <laughs> so yeah, I got very excited when I saw Steve Coogan. But yeah. He doesn't get to, yeah. He yeah, you're, you're you're right. He doesn't have a lot to work with. In no, this movie. Yeah. barely. At least he he got he nailed the he nailed the like awful famous writer hair, and that was good. <laughs> that was good. Um, anyway, so then yeah, these dreams continue. So he's dreaming of this girl that he. <sighs> I was having a tough time. I was having a tough time following because there were a few at this point in the movie. It was tough to tell like what was real life and what he was dreaming. Yeah, and I guess that was like the he point. Meets, yeah, and I guess that's kind of the point. Because he meets Zoe Kazan in a park now. I wrote, oh my god, Zoe's going to draw the dog. Yeah. Like, do you remember they meet in the park and then she's like, you mind if I draw the dog? I'm an artist. I mean, my god. In the last <laughs> in the last movie we wrote, I mean, we, we watched um, the What If. She also played like an illustrator. If you didn't get enough of Zoe Kazan, the, the animator. Yeah. She's back as an artist. Another visual artist. Here she goes. She, she, you know, <laughs> James Vanderbeek got away from typecasting. Hello, Zoe. You need to do it too, girl. You can't just mm. be always playing these quirky girls who are, are untrained artists. It's like exhausting. It's exhausting. <laughs> Um, 
And then yeah. she says, and then so she meets him, and he says he named his dog after um, F. Scott Fitzgerald. And Zoe's like, that's insulting. And I was like, I'd be flattered if I was famous and someone named their dog after me. But they also point out that she doesn't know who F. Scott Fitzgerald is. Yeah. And I'm like... Yeah, oh yeah, they do a whole thing there. Yeah. I mean, that is... Yes, she would know. Yes, this she girl would, yeah, would fucking she, know. You're right. She, yeah. Everybody knows one book, and it's The Great Gatsby. Everyone okay? knows The Great Gatsby. It's, it's, it even says that. It even yeah. says, like, The Great Gatsby, and she's like, mm, I don't know. Yeah, and I guess it's like, oh, she's so into she's so not into writing that she wouldn't even know The Great Gatsby. And it's like, well, come on. Like... Every person, like even like Hulk Hogan's son, knows who F. Scott Fitzgerald is. You yeah, know I mean? yeah, Nick Hogan knows pick, the Great Gatsby. Yeah, pick a different famous. There's a Hulk lot Hogan of... knows the Great Gatsby. Exactly. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah I'm I'd sure. be more surprised if Hulk Hogan knew it than Nick Hogan, honestly. Right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> but I would say he probably does. I would say Hulk Hogan probably Everybody does. Everybody fucking does. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's a lot of like James Joyce. Like, pick a different writer that's like note that writers know, but people who you know what I mean. That's just yeah, stupid. yeah. And I mean, I guess. The, a part of it is that this is a character he's created and and, and she's flawed. Right, but it's but very... But she's perfect for him. Yeah, yeah, I don't know, whatever. It's very first thought, best thought. This whole movie is like, <laughs> wow. I wrote, um, I wrote, and this is why I think I kind of liked it better than What If. Okay. I could feel this, the electricity between these two. I could not. You couldn't. No. I could. I, I totally could. I was really? like, yeah, I, I, I could tell that they were into each other. I didn't even make a note about it because I really thought there was... Because also, okay, so now he's this writer. He's meeting this girl. He's having dreams about her. And as he's writing her, she kind of starts to actually appear in his life. That's how the movie goes. It's like he has this dream where, you know, he's having dreams about her meeting her in the park. And then items of hers start to appear in his house, like bras and a shit. A bra and panties. And, and then... Yeah. And then one day she's, like, making him breakfast. She, he wakes yeah. up, she's making him breakfast, and he's, like, freaked out. He's, right. like, running away. I have a note on that. That, okay. that more alarming than the fact that she's in his house is that he's washing dis- dishes without a dish rack. And he just puts the dishes down. Did you notice <laughs> wow, that? No, I did not There's notice no that. There's no dish rack. Wow. That's why I'm like, who made this movie? <laughs> yeah, this is insane. There's no art director. There's no one paying attention to the fact that, okay, yeah, he's a he's a neurotic writer. He would have a fucking dish rack. He would have a dishwasher. He would he's have, a He's yeah. a rich, successful novelist at this point. He's neurotic. His whole yeah. apartment is clean. Yeah. He wouldn't just be washing a dish and putting it down on a mat or whatever. There was no dish rack. No, yeah. Madness. That, wow, I didn't realize. That's a good detail. Lazy, I, I, yeah. lazy fucking movie. <laughs> lazy. Lazy. Um, yeah, so now she starts to appear actually in his life. And... Um, yeah, and now like the the lines are blurring between you know reality and 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 his fantasy, his creative fantasy is becoming an actual reality. Um, I don't know. Okay, I, yeah, I wrote uh, real quick. I, I I thought this was a I th- I thought this could have been a pretty solid horror movie. I had the same thought. Yeah, right. Like I thought, if Zoe Kazan just kind of started haunting him, that would have been a more interesting. I movie. mean, yeah, because it's like. That it, uh, yeah. The entire time I was like, someone has to die. That is the only <laughs> way. I had the same thought, Justin. I was like, yeah. someone has to die. That is the only way this movie could actually have any kind of tension because there was no sexual tension, there was no character tension, mm. there was no friendship. Ten- there was nothing going on. So yeah. I-, I thought the same thing. I was like, this has to end in blood. It has to end in blood. That's the only way to sort of resolve this mess that they're making. Um, you know, the girl from Broad City shows up. Uh, in the movie, what's her name? Alana. 
Oh really? Who, yeah. Who does she play? In the she movie? plays the 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 fan of like of his writing. Oh, the girl from Arrested Development. Oh, was it the girl? Oh my god. Yeah, it was the girl from Shit. Arrested Development. Yeah, uh, Alia Shawcat or Sorry. whatever her name was. Okay, yeah, I yeah. don't I don't know anything. Um, okay, so she's in the movie, <laughs> the girl from Arrested Development, who also yeah. she doesn't get to be funny. Okay, she also doesn't get to be funny. No, she just has to be like a weird fan who has like one scene, and she doesn't get. To, yeah, she is no funny. Nothing. She gets nothing funny nothing. to say at all. Nothing. You didn't even notice her. Yeah, and you know her name. I don't even know her name. I thought it was the girl from Broad City. Like, yeah, okay. Um, what else? I, I thought the same thing, though. Oh, now that they're... Anytime they go out in the sunlight, like when they have, like, scenes, in, when when they actually film, that when those two are in actual sunlight, not in yeah. artificial light, that's when the sibling features really come out yeah to me like when they were out on the street and he's like chasing her or whatever i was yeah. like oh my god it looks like a brother and sister are having like a crazy fight like in natural light the, their, their likeness their similarities really really shine through it's very creepy they it's, should not go out in public together in the daytime yeah now that yeah it is wild they are the they're the most similar looking couple i think i've ever seen yeah i think like ever i've ever seen okay so then then once it's it's realized okay now they they confirm that ruby is in fact really because like the brother because people around him also yeah chris messina yeah yeah acknowledges that she's real yeah the rest of development girl is the first one to acknowledge it because zoe because zoe i forget what her character's name is in this but she comes up and she's like who's this right and then they have like that fight yeah and then he's like wait a minute and he's like wait you can see her and then yeah because at this point he he gets excited excited. because now they can actually be together and so they go on this like kind of like like this like flirt fight and then and then they go on this like dream date where they go to like a because of course she's like this like we can go to the cemetery and watch horror movies let's go there's a zombie movie festival do you want to go watch it (laughs) and we can do a drinking game every time someone dies we'll have a shot isn't that like so Oh my god! I'm an alternative girl who draws and, and likes zombie movies. And then they were like dancing, uh, and she takes her panties off on the dance floor. Yes. What was that? And puts them in her mouth. That's why. <laughs> oh, yeah, she does yeah. put them in her mouth. She takes her da- she takes her <laughs> and panties off while they're dancing. Puts them in her mouth and is like, I'm not wearing panties. Like she's <laughs> as it's like in her mouth. She's like, I'm not wearing panties. She can't that really say it. Crazy. And that's why I'm like, he wrote someone who's mentally ill. Like, <laughs> yes. This movie, this the, the the borderline. Yeah, you're like, is this going to turn into misery? Like yeah, Stephen this, King, and she's just going to kill him. Like who's going to die? Who's yeah, going to no, die? It, it did have yeah horror movie vibes, and it should have turned into a horror movie. And and that scene exactly where they're dancing on the dance floor, and she takes her panties off and puts them in her mouth and then shouts that she doesn't have panties on while they're in her fucking mouth so fucking weird it reminded me like their crazy energy reminded me of like when i was in high school there was this really chubby goth couple and i was a lifeguard at the ymca and they yeah exactly they would come in to the um to the to the to the pool and go in the kiddie pool and make out and i would have to go over there i would always be on duty when they would come and and he would start fingering her and i would have to yeah once it got to third base i would have to go over there and be like listen you guys you guys can't do this in here you gotta get out like you can't do it like yeah that's the energy that they had to me like this like chubby chubby goth couple like who are going a little too far in public you know like taking off your panties and shoving them in your mouth it's like fingering in the kiddie pool please stop yeah, it's really gross. Please wow. stop. Yeah. yeah, wow. It's hard to be in a pool lifeguard. People do fucked up shit. Okay. Yeah, look at you. God, you were like 16 having to deal with that. <laughs> yeah, I was like a virgin while these two goth kids are like <laughs> fingering. I was like, man, everyone fucks with me. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Um, okay, so they, we finally learn she's real. The 
And um, the only time the movie, like the second time that I was like, okay, this movie might be okay is when they finally go visit his parents. And his parents are, the besides Steve Coogan dancing once, his parents are enjoyable to watch because it's Annette Benning, superstar Annette Benning plays his mom. And her and boyfriend. Antonio Banderas. Yeah, yeah her I mean, boyfriend played by Mort. Yeah. And now you're like, okay, is this Meet the Fockers? Like, what are we doing here? It is a very Meet the Fockers vibe, yeah. Because they live up in Big Sur, and they're like... Kind of hippie-ish. Hippie artists. She's into, like, plants and, like, all-natural, holistic. Yeah, yeah. You know, and and Mort, even though... He makes furniture out of wood, it seems. Do you know a a Latin man named Mort? (laughs) Mortimer? Mortimer Antonio Banderas being like, yes, my name is Mort. (laughs) Yeah, Mort. Who wrote this? Oh, we'll get to who wrote it. Okay. Yeah, um, oh yeah. I I wrote that I was uh, I was rooting for Calvin and Mort to fist fight. I was like waiting for the Calvin and Mort fist because because Calvin's being a dick this whole yeah. trip. He's being like a dick. He's like the whole family's hanging out and he's just like in the treehouse that Mort builds or whatever because he had pouting. to like read pouting and reading a book. I don't even know why he was pouting. And, but they're, like, and they're all stoned. This is what he gets upset about. They're all stoned and they're at dinner. Oh, yeah, okay. And Antonio Banderas is hilariously stoned imitating uh, the Cane Terrier's dog. He's like, look, I'm the puppy. Oh, yeah. And he like, makes the <laughs> face. <laughs> and it's, like, very charming and funny. And Calvin's like, don't make fun of my dog. Yeah, calm down, okay. Calvin. Okay, okay, okay. Now I know why you're single. I mean, my God. We know you have to write, oh, literally create a woman out of thin air for yourself. You're yeah. lunatic. Um, that's why he's upset. And then, yeah... Oh. Wow, okay, so that was where the controversy came from. Yeah, then he sulked in a treehouse reading a book the entire time. Yeah, so the movie, it goes from like, this movie's crazy. You're like, is it a twee, is it twee adaptation? Is it meet the fuckers? Like, yeah. is it going to be misery? Like, this movie, because it's just like resting energy. Like, everything is not really happening, yeah. but happening. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. nothing is really happening. Um, I, I made a note, too. I forgot. <laughs> One of the best lines in the movie is when... Um, there, Christmasina, the brother, is talking to uh, Paul Dano about Ruby, and Christmasina's like, if you can make her do anything, you, you know, for all guys out there, you gotta make her, like, do, like, basically, like, you gotta make her, like, a Make fuck. her blow you. Yeah. And, and she then, can, like, blow you. Yeah, and then, and then Calvin just goes, Ruby loves blowjobs. <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. What? Yeah. She loves blowjobs. And then you're like, oh, this is this is the movie that started the incel movement. Yeah. This, this is it. This is where it started. The second term of Obama, Ruby yeah. Sparks. <laughs> Ruby Sparks, uh, this is where, yeah. Like a writer who doesn't own a dish rack but is neurotic, okay, um, is... He who has a lot of incel qualities. Is, oh, yeah, is just whispering to his brother. Ruby loves jokes. <laughs> it's like, oh my god. Oh my god. Incel Jesus. hero. Incel hero. Incel icon. Um, yeah, incel icon Calvin from Ruby Sparks. Yeah. Um, yeah, because this, this is also where it starts to get awry with him and Ruby. Yeah, and so she kind of like doesn't like how lame he was around his family. And she's like, she realizes that like he doesn't have any friends and it puts a lot of pressure on her in the relationship. And then she starts to want to kind of like, because he's been like financially taking care of her. And she's like, well, maybe I should like get a job. Maybe I should take an art class. And he's he's realizing that she kind of wants to like break I, break free a little bit, yeah. have some independence. Yeah. And it's it, that's then that's when you're like, oh, maybe someone will die maybe like maybe their emotional stakes are raising and someone will fucking die in this yeah. movie and it'll be good yeah um yeah, at this point i, I think I, I just wrote calvin can't even make it work with a girl who created what's this sicko gonna write about her now 
no, what is this just... sicko going to make this girl do now? Yeah. Uh, and I think he writes, I think the next thing he writes is that she's just always happy. I think that was the first one, right? That like. Well, now that he realizes she's breaking away, then he then he writes. Oh yeah. He, he overcorrects and writes. Well, because she kind of wants to leave, he writes that she's obsessed with him and misses and, him all and misses. Yeah. And that's when she becomes like basically borderline on the spectrum. Like yeah. her 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 mental capacities yeah, and her obsession with him is like like she'll be hugging him and being like, "I miss you right now." Yeah, and and but he's like kind of into it. So again, you're like, "Oh, maybe someone's gonna <laughs> die." Like this is starting to get a little dark, you know. And then like, I guess the whole movie kind of like climax. It comes to a crescendo of the movie the like climax scene is when she realizes she wants to leave and then he's like i control you i control you i can write you i can write he tells her he like breaks it to her like hey why and then he like he makes her like come into the room where he writes yeah and so now he's like typing he's like typing things every everything he types she has to say and it just gets to the point where he's just typing for her to say that he's a genius you know like he's just typing and then she's just like you're a genius you're a genius you're a genius <laughs> yeah i wrote um, calvin's dream has turned into a nightmare yeah and it, it, it's kind of like now it's just i love your eyes I love your cock. I love, I love your cock. <laughs> She's spinning in a circle and saying, I love your eyes. Yeah. I love your arms. I love your cock. It's oh, very yeah. United yeah. States of Terra, like that show that wow. Tony, Tony yeah. Collette did where she she performed multiple personalities. I mean, wow. like that's, yeah. this is like a condensed, it's, it's very, this scene where she like has this kind of like, uh, emotional, uh, pr- performative kind of like breakdown at his, 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 his writing hand, you know, it's, it's very like acting school audition. It's very acting it school is very, It is very, these two are doing an acting school exercise together. Yeah, yeah. It's, and, and it's like, it's very high camp. It's kind of like the scene in, in um, Chinatown where he Jack Nicholson is slapping Faye Dunaway and every time he slaps her, she's like, <laughs> my daughter, my sister, my daughter. Like, it's just, oh it's just completely insane. And she's just like, you're a genius, you're a genius, you're a genius. Like, yes. And the other thing that he constantly does is um, anytime he wants to, sh- he also... She speaks in French a lot, like horrible That's French. That's a theme throughout the whole movie is that... This bullshit French thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh God, get over yourselves. Like, you couldn't have her speak in any language. It had to be French. It's like, yeah, oh, yeah, it's yeah. so snobby. It would have been better if it was like Mandarin I know, or something. something. Yeah, like, but, yeah. um... Anyway, so that's I guess in the end he... Yeah, I wrote... Yeah, so that all happens. Right. And then, she, then he finally writes... She realizes that, like, that when she leaves, she's free, or, or something like that. Was it? He, he writes something that, like, she realizes that when she leaves the house, she's no longer under Calvin's control. Or he just realizes that he has to let her go. Like the old, yeah, the yeah, that's old, what I'm saying. Right. And then he types it, and mm-hmm. then like he goes through because she goes to the room and he goes to bed, and then he wakes up and she's she's left, she's gone, she's she's freed now. He she's, he freed her. He freed yeah. her. Yeah. He freed her. Okay. And then, he, I, and after this, I wrote, "I'm going to be so mad if she winds up coming back to him." It's not even that clear. Like it would be nice if it was that simple. This fucking movie, but no. <laughs> so he sets her free. He writes. He writes the story of her. Um, it's it's a you know smash hit. Yeah, it's like his his second album is a smash. His second novel is a smash, and yeah. um, it's like very well received. Whatever. And then um, he meets her again, like in a, in, in the, the park. same it, park. Yeah. So it just it just starts all over again. Kind of. It's just it's just really any any. It's just bad. Like any metaphors they were going for. Any kind of like 
overarching like themes and it, it just flat fell so flat for me and I got really fucking mad that I spent t- time at my job on my breaks watching this horrible movie <laughs> like the ending was nothing it was confusing and dumb I feel like it's like what are you is this Moulin Rouge tweet like Moulin Rouge was the same thing of like of him typing and like at least they sang in Moulin Ew, Rouge you know wow, what I mean okay, like, yeah. like it was like this was just nothing 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 and so it was, fucking of bad of course written written so the so it fucking ends and you're like okay I guess he meets her and he can like start again what does that even mean what does that ending even mean like it's just it's just a way to kind of excuse everything you wrote as a as a blurred line between. Yeah. So everything is is this a, a what is real? What is not real? What is fiction? What is art? What is fantasy? What is whatever? It's like who? How is that interesting then? You you said nothing about it. You made no point about it other than question mark. Like ridiculous. Yeah. So then the movie ends and I'm pissed and the credits roll and it comes written by <laughs> Zoe Kazan of. Course. Yeah, I wrote, of course, Sarkozan wrote that. Of course. It makes so much sense. And then it makes that scene where she has that breakdown where she's going, You're a genius. You're a genius. It's now, it's like, could that be higher camp? Because, like, obviously, it's like about her fucking family, too, a little bit. You know what I mean? So it's like, because, like, her dad, her grandfather. She's from, like, a fan, like, big, like, Hollywood family. Elliot Kazan, yeah, Yeah, huge, huge. Like, um, like Splendor in the Grass, I think. Wow, okay. East of Eden. <laughs> you have the whole Blacklist history. Like, just considered, like, auteur genius yeah. film really? legend. Okay. And so that was just, like, way to, like, just perform your, you know, do this kind of, like, poor little rich girl act out, you know? Like, yeah, no, absurd. And absurd. Yeah, and there's, like, uh, yeah, because there was, like, the the one scene where he talks, where Calvin's talking about her, her dating past, which was she dated a 49-year-old and an alcoholic. Whatever. That's her, and yeah. then yeah, and then she like gets like naked in front of Steve Coogan's character at the party in that one scene, yeah. And that was like where they like that fight starts. Uh, so that was that was a heavy window into the mind of Zoe Kazan. Ugh, uh, pathetic. I, I I I I I don't know. I, I think I enjoyed wa- watching it more than What If. Mm-hmm. Uh, I. But I, I felt like I could feel the electricity from those two. I felt like right. I could feel the, their love, and, and I appreciated it. I, I really did need to be. I did not need to be taken on this journey of this long ass <laughs> metaphor between the art, the line between. Like, I don't need her Zoe Kazan's musings on muses. You know what I mean? Like, if you're gonna musings write musings on muses, yeah. yeah. If you're gonna write something about that, like, it, it's just this is just not it. It was not interesting. I like the idea of like obsessed artists and obsession in art i think that is an interesting theme but not in this fucking movie because no one died <laughs> if you're gonna make it about obsession yeah then you yeah. have to actually be obsessed and yeah he no it needs to was go not obsessed no he it needs let her to, go yeah you know it needs what I mean? to go over the line needs never to, went yeah. over the line there was never a crescendo of emotions it stayed very much below the surface and the only time there was it was her screaming you're a genius so it's basically like about her fucking family like great you know i just didn't think, i didn't think it didn't hit any notes with me i thought it was very flat very flat very fucking flat yeah you know i i wrote yeah i wrote didn't love it didn't hate it uh i'm going to give it one thumb up one thumb down uh, cuz i did i did feel that i could feel their love through the through the wow. screen i liked more uh, and Annette Benning, yeah. uh, he like he like kind of like smacked her butt in a very real way. I felt um, <laughs> so. There you go. That's yeah. my, that's my thumb up on the movie, and nice. then thumbs down is pretty much everything else. 
And see, it was nice to see Steve Coogan. I like Steve Coogan. Oh, uh, I love Steve Coogan. Yeah. But, yeah. But the, are you kidding? He got to dance for like 30 seconds and it was brilliant. But the rest of the movie was just exhausting. It was exhausting. I think it really, tr- it was such a try hard. It was such a try hard to make these, yeah. to make a movie about like with these kind of metaphoric themes about art, obsession, muses. Yeah. And that actually said absolutely nothing about it. Said nothing about it because nothing actually happened. You know, it, yeah. it didn't yeah. take a stand on those issues it just kind of was like and then she and then and then like she's okay and then they meet again <laughs> like yeah. what yeah no you i did not I like mean? the ending at all like you're gonna make uh, yeah. a movie about art and, and with metaphors and obsession and muses like have a fucking point of view don't just be like and then it's about like muses and like obsession and creation and, fan- and, and, and fantasy and then like but also like being a good person and like letting someone go because you love them and then also like maybe <laughs> but then also but then also maybe like um nothing is real and like what is art you know I, uh, it's really deep um, I, oh my who's my grandfather oh Elliot Kazan thank you like the movie oh great yeah. I mean come on yeah. come on stop it yeah, yeah. So, so that's that that's that movie <laughs> that's Ruby Sparks we um, did it we fucking did it yeah, yeah, and you know we'll we'll, we'll see what the what the next one we watch is. Uh, yeah, any 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 twenty thirteen rom com wrecks from our from yeah, our, yeah, from yeah. our huge audience. Nice. This is a good Rolling Stones song. It is a very good Rolling Stones song. Yeah, really good. I love the Stones. I'm, I'm we, we we talk about this a lot. Justin, she Stones on Beatles. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, Always there's this lot, there's a part in Best in Show where after um, Catherine uh, God now what's her name Catherine uh, who what in Best in Show um, who's the I'm blanking on how know, am I blanking too. on the legend's name Eugene Levy and Catherine O'Hara, Catherine O'Hara I think so yeah sorry yeah so there's a scene where like they get into a fight and then they kiss and a woman's just like and that's why it works oh yeah and that's why it works it's very oh funny. yeah at the end it's very, the, yeah yeah, it's yeah. Very funny. yeah. All right, so that's our episode for this week. Entertainment, entertainment, entertaining conversation with comedians Justin Angermeyer and Caitlin McKay. I'm Caitlin McKay. I'm Justin Angermeyer. How's that? Thank you, guys. Oh, I hit the mic. All right. Oh my God. To be so free. It's very much yeah. It's about the movie. Oh, that's my. I stopped that too soon. That's fine. We need Sorry, to go. Guys. All right. Yeah. Oh, we.